Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Hello, Taylor County. I'm Alex Reneman with Unleashed Tiger. I'm here with Melissa D. Knotts running for Board of Education. Melissa, thanks for coming on the program. You're welcome. Hey, let's start off right off the bat. Just telling yeah. us a little bit about what a board member is. Board member serves the community. And when we're talking about the community, we're, look, we're talking about um, students, uh, the students in our schools, but also their parents, um, teachers, um, service personnel. Um, a board member is a voice for all of those entities and works with all entities, including um, board office personnel, uh, teachers, and basically they're a voice and a representative for the community. Gotcha. Why run for the board? Well, I've spent 12 years on the Board of Education. Um, and two years ago, when my seat was up for re-election, um, I felt that I had um, put in enough time and served my community. Well, about a year and a half later, I. Um, decided that, you know, I really missed it. I, had take, I do try to take many opportunities to serve the community and um, be in the community um, and, and give back to our community. And I have found that the Board of Education is something that I can really um, feel that I'm servicing the people that live in Taylor County, and I've missed that. Um, I feel that I've been a, a representative in the past for the people that live in Taylor County, and um, I really miss doing that. Uh, like I said, I've found many other opportunities to really um, serve and um, volunteer and be a part of this community, but the Board of Education is something that's been calling me back and calling my name, and um, I, I just really miss it, and I like to still try to get in there and serve the students of Taylor County as well as their families, so I'm ready to go back and do a, a, a good job for this community. And you may have already hinted at the answer to this next question, but. Um, share with us a role or a challenge or experience or something that at least in part has prepared you, you think, for to, to be a successful board member. Well, um, again, served 12 years on the Board of Education. But I've also um, value education. Um, so I, um, I have a uh, master's in human resources. I am a uh, trainer. Uh, I've served my whole life um, as, a, as a trainer and a teacher. So I value education, not just formal education, but one of those things that we all have something to learn every day, and we can all help each other learn every day. Um, so um, I have served my life in that aspect and um, helped others along the way, and I feel that that's really been my calling all of my life, that I can always um, help somebody learn and give back to the community in that manner. If, if you're elected, what will be your strategy for success? How will you define success of your, of your tenure as, as a board member? If I'm elected, um, describing success will be looking at the success of our students. Looking in, not just within the classroom on an everyday basis, but looking at their future. When you see students that come back to the community that they grew up in and start um, doing as what some of the other board members 
maybe some of the other people in the community are volunteering for a lot of different things. When you see people either coming back and doing that or coming back and working and living in the community and being successful adults, and that doesn't just mean going to college, um, which it can be. Um, that means actually just being successful. When you see that, that would describe success for me, um, where people can make a, a good, um, make a good living um, and something that they choose to do and makes them happy. Um, when, they, when you see people making a difference in their community, then, then that would describe success. When you see our students going out and doing that in their life after being in Taylor County Schools. And we've had a lot of students I mean, our, um, our students are successful, um, and, and they describe their own success, too. It's what they want to do. It's one of those things that um, they go out in, in, into life, and they decide what they want, how they want to live their life, what, how they want to be successful, what types of jobs that they want to do, um, how they want to live, how they want to bring up their families in the future. So we've got to start look. you know, we look at that. That would describe success the goals that the students have, if they're able to meet them. And how do you, that's great success, how do you, on a tactical level, how do you achieve that success? Well, you go into the schools. Um, you, you look and see, you, you look and, and you, 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 you see what are the gaps that, that some of our um, programs in our schools might be um, needing, okay? So uh, test scores are always right up there. You know, but you, you want to analyze those test scores because you can then start seeing some of the gaps of where are our students today, but where do they need to be tomorrow? But test scores doesn't always describe success either when you're looking at it in, in that aspect. You've got to look at the whole package um, because, you know, test scores is only one piece, right? Um, You've got to look at, are they um, being able to um, learn different other types of skills, like life skills, communication skills. Uh, all of those types of things play into, you know, getting, getting the students where they want to be in life, getting them to graduate. You know, there's so, this is just not one piece of the pie where you've got to talk about graduation rates, all of that. Right. So that's what, you know, that's, that's. That makes sense. One of the things we say on this program all the time is, you know, being a, being a citizen isn't a public, isn't a spectator sport. Being a part of the public means you, means you need to be engaged and educated in what's happening and, and active. And so I would ask you, you know, what is it we would ask of the citizens of Taylor County to do to help us achieve that success in education? Be involved. Listen to your kids. It's <laughs> a consistent answer. Be involved <laughs> and listen. You need to listen to your kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of the kids... And me and me sometimes I do the same thing. Your kids will come home. They'll start talking. Um, you'll hear them say certain things. This happened in school and this happened at school. And sometimes, you know, you don't really hear a lot. You, you're listening, but you're not hearing them. Um, see what's going on in their lives. See what's going on in, in, in the classroom with your kids. Talk with the teachers. Um, that's, that's one thing you can always do is become involved and talk with your teachers, listen to your kids, listen to what their goals are, listen to what's going on in their classrooms with their friends, things like that. Great. Um, you know, we could easily really quickly come up with lots of challenges we face in the county. We're going to talk about those in a minute, but what are, what are our opportunities? What do we have here that's, that's kind of some magic that we have in this county? One would be the people here. I didn't grow up in Taylor County. I grew up um, in a in a, in a different county. 
um, a neighboring county actually. And um, I always like to tell this story that uh, marriage brought me to Taylor County. It was kind of like a middle point between the two families. And when I moved here, um, I didn't really realize everything that we had here. Uh, the people are amazing. Um, you'll see that through a lot of events that we have. But Taylor County's people, that's, that's what makes you want to serve. You want to serve them. You want to be their voice. Um, and, and really, we're looking at the residents, but we're also looking at people that live here. You know, we have um, service personnel and teachers that have choices that they can work in other places in the state. They can work in different counties and, and go to teach and teach in different counties. Service personnel can go and work in different counties in the school system. But we have people that choose to come to Taylor County. Um, we've had people that come from Pennsylvania and live, or different states even, and choose to work in Taylor County. That tells us that we have something here um, that, that they want to become involved in. And uh, not only are we serving students, but we're serving the people that live in this county. And we want people to live in this county. So we have to sell what we have. And schools is one, that's one aspect of that. So it's our people. And of course, so, so on the flip side, we can't ignore the challenge. What are some of our biggest challenges? Um, are you just uh, school system wise? Yeah, some keep of us our from that success yeah, in because that's what I'm running for, yeah, right? right. Um, some of our biggest challenges are opportunities. I think that we can give our kids. You look around at some of the other um, school systems in the state. Now, granted, we do have we have wonderful we have wonderful schools. Um, we have wonderful um, staff. We have wonderful teachers. And we do have some great opportunities, but I think there's more we can do. Um, if I had to pick a few things that I thought um, that I would want to get back in there and start working on again, uh, when you're looking at, first off, I'll just start with some of the college prep opportunities that we have. We do have some wonderful college prep opportunities, but I would like to bring, when you're looking and starting to compare and I have a college student now, so I can kind of start seeing the differences now that I have um, a child that's in college. Some of the other school systems in the state, um, you know, we have all of the AP classes, um, but dual credit classes, we really don't offer a whole lot of dual credit at, at, in our county. And that would be something that would be an opportunity that maybe we could look at bringing in. Um, I have another daughter that is also still at Grafton High School. And she's become more involved in the technical classes that we offer there. Um, and just last week, by the way, um, I attended an uh, induction ceremony for some of the technical students. And some of the things that the students had to say really amazed me, that the classes that they're taking there, what types of life skills that they are providing. And there were a lot of students that really say they're enjoying that. Um, so I kind of feel that those are also some things we need to focus on and start providing the students more life skills, um, the uh, um, accounting, the um, Microsoft PowerPoint, you know, those types of things, and start exploring some of the other things that we can bring in. So I would say opportunity and start looking at, that would be some, more, some of the challenges that I feel that maybe we should start looking more into. What are some 
additional opportunities we can provide that we are not currently providing. You know, um, at, at the time of this recording, uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus hasn't, uh, there's no confirmed cases in West Virginia. Right. Uh, by the time we air this, who Never knows? Know. Um, and so the, the question is around, um, not, not specifically that, right. but, but those kind of things that, that are thrust upon our community. Um, as a board member, you're going to be seen as a leader in the community. Right. And people are going to look to you, and certainly our school system is going to look to you for um, what, what things do you have in mind in terms of preparation or how to handle uh, certain events from a leadership perspective in terms of, again, whether it's, whether it's a, a pandemic or it's a, a storm. It's, it could be anything. Any exactly. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Um, well, do you want me to just focus on the coronavirus Wherever, or just no, anything? Just, more, more just a, a, a leadership response in terms of preparation and then a you know, response. Okay. Well, you know, being on the board for 12 years, I've had that opportunity to really look at the safety of our schools. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, uh, I was part of a board that really uh, did a lot of research on how to keep our schools um, safe. And, that, and, and that's um, not just from outside sources, but also any types of drugs, things like that. Sure. Um, so if you're looking at the coronavirus versus just safety of school all, the, all, all around, first off, you need to do your research, right? Second off, you need to make sound decisions on what can you do that's not going to hinder education in the process, and that's not going to make, you know, take away the, the kids feeling some sort of freedom that they can, you know, feel safe and free in their schools as well. Um, so those are the things you've got to take into consideration. You can look, we, you know, the, the, the best rules, those was one of the big things there about five or six years ago. Um, you know, you just start, you start looking, you start building. Um, the vestibules was one of the first things we, we looked at at the board that I was on, but then we start looking at different things. Um, we started looking at like what types of code reds, you know, all of those different colors. We, we incorporated those. They're still utilizing those as far as I know. Um, you know, things like that that you can look at. Um, but also you just got to make really, really sound decisions when, when you're looking at the safety of our students. With having kids in school right now, one of the biggest things that I hear from my high school daughter, and she might get pretty upset with me talking about her on camera to everybody in the county, but you know, she, she came home and she really wants to actually go present in front of the Board of Education, and I think she's actually talked to her principal at one point about doing this. She talks about vaping. Vaping's like a huge issue in our schools, and I don't think it's just Taylor County. I think it's across the nation. Sure. But vaping is a huge issue, and she, um, she has a huge problem with that. <laughs> um, and she has a lot of ideas that she feels could be incorporated to try to, not one, educate the students, but also try to decrease the vaping issue. So one of the things I think we need to start doing is asking our students, what do you see? What can we do to try to curb any types of issues? Um, and what can we do to help you? What would make you feel safe in the schools? What do you feel needs changed? Because sometimes sitting up here as the leader, you think you know, but when you go really down in, and it, you know, you can talk to the teachers too, but we kind of miss sometimes. We kind of want to tell the students what to do, but sometimes in a high school, of course, you know, at that level, we can get feedback from them. We can get sure. feedback from the families. What are the, what are the parents hearing, right? What are the teachers seeing? 
what are the kids, what would the kids like to see? Um, so that's one thing I feel is yeah. something that we can do. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we, we polled the, the citizens of Taylor County for questions they had, and there's, there's no shortage for the Board of Education. So just kind of run through a couple of them here. Um, school choice is a topic that we've heard about a lot over the last few years, and I know the state made some decisions on this in the last legislature. Uh, kind of discuss your, please discuss your philosophy or strategy around what you think Taylor County needs to do in the realm of school choice. Well, I will say, and a lot of people will know this to be true, that when it comes to being a Board of Education member, you can think you're going to go in and make a lot of changes. You can have all of these ideas, which I do now. I have a lot of ideas. And I had a lot of ideas when I was elected previously. But a lot of the times, once you get in there, you start seeing that decisions that the state make, um, when they make decisions, that kind of ties the hands of a Board of Education. However, when we're looking at school choice, you. In the past, when it became what schools you wanted to go to, right? You would ha you were within your district school, and it was um, you would only transfer out of the county unless it was an approval from county to county transfer. I really never made a decision that I felt 100% one way or the other that someone should have school choice 100% to choose wherever they wanted to go to school whether that be in Taylor County or a bordering county, I took it on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and if families had some sort of um, overriding reason, it could be a health, a health situation of the child, um, it could be, um, you know, some overarching reason that would lean for that student that it would be in their best interest to be in a different county school or a different school, then as a board member, I did everything I could to make that happen. If it was just, you know, they really didn't have a reason other than, uh, I'm not sure, I'd rather go over here. Um, that was something that I would also take as a case-by-case -case basis. But when it comes to what, when the state makes decisions on school choice and it ties the hand of the hands of the board, then there's really um, nothing the Board of Education is going to be able to do. Now, on the flip side, does that cause some maybe possibly money issues, budget issues? Um, yes, and then that would that could pose some problems um, that you would have to look into in the future. But overall, my feeling is um, you should really want to support your county. You live here, you should want to support your county. There's always ways that you can get in and try to make your schools better. Um, if you have a reason you want to take your kid to a different county, then that has to be a good reason. But you have to love the county you're in. <laughs> and you should really try. If you, if you see a problem with our schools, then bring it, right? Bring it. We'll try to work on it. And we're, I would, me, I would ask you, how can we improve that? I would ask the community member, how can we improve it? How can we fix it? What can we do to make your child happier? What can we do to provide them the best experience possible so that we, when I, I will put hands down, we will in this county, we have. We have and we do. We will rank up there with any other school. We have good schools. Um, do we have improvements to make? Yes, we always do. We always want to, if you're not striving for better, you're staying stagnant. You have to strive for better. 
one of the sentiments that, that came through of several of the questions, and you know, not being on the board currently, but having been on the board in the past, and, and being a consumer of the school system now, right, I am. Um, you, you have perspective on this probably, but it's the idea of, and it may be perspective, it may be reality, but it's the idea of the school board and really the school system, and in fact, might be acting more like a fiefdom than a public service in terms of some of the facilities and access to those. Um, do you have a perspective on that from your experience as a board member? In the now, explain that a little more. So the idea of, of leveraging, you know, maybe maybe certain groups or, or folks not being having to access to uh, the public the public school system property, or it, it's more seen like this is oh. a this is a, a oh a yeah, I have, a, I have an opinion on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, the schools are the center of your community. For one hundred percent. They are the community schools. They, they, they are pretty much, um, they, they should be able to be utilized by the community. Now, there are going to be rules involved. You know, we can't just let, as a board, people come in without any type of um, guidelines, right? Any type of rules. Um, I am a proponent of opening up our schools, letting people see what we have to offer. If you keep everything hidden, People aren't going to know what you, what are your um, assets, right? What do you have to offer to the community? So I'm a proponent of, yeah, let people come in and see our schools. Back to that question you just asked me about um, school choice, maybe um, people wanting to take their kids out of this county to go to a different, different county school. I would like to see anybody that wants to do that, and I've said this before, tour our schools first before you do that. Go come in, talk to the teachers. Tour our schools first before you try to make a choice to take your child to a different, um, different county school. There needs to be guidelines. There needs to be, you need to request it through a guideline to be able to use our schools. But yeah, um, we should be able to open our schools. Are, are there certain, let me just know, I mean, I'm not sure, are there certain groups that are being told that they're not allowed to use our schools at this point, or do you know? I don't know. There's just several questions around that. It seemed more of a sentiment of just kind of wrapping it into one thing of, of the feeling that, that some things were either hard to get access to or were being withheld. And um, we probably need to dig on that because the consistent answer from, from all folks have been really they haven't seen that. So uh, maybe that's something we can dig into at some point and see where some of the folks who put in questions right. around that um, could, could articulate that a little bit. Well, well I know there is a process. and. Um, Community members can go through the process, request to use the schools. Um, there are, um, for example, if you're going to use, use a school on a weekend, there's going to be certain custodian fees. So if there's a group that wants to use it, they're going to have to pay that. But it's not, um, it's across the board. It's, it's equal. It's, everybody has to do this, uh, play by the rules, right? Um, but it, I don't feel... Unless, unless I'm mistaken, I don't feel that our schools are hidden from our community. Gotcha. They, they should be. There's got to be guidelines, but yeah. Um, one of the things uh, you, you mentioned a little earlier about the outcomes, about you know, putting our schools up with others, but it, it's clear certainly as a state our outcomes are, are not where they, we want them to be. As a nation, our outcomes are not where they want, we want them to be from an from a education standpoint. And oftentimes in the news and in public opinion, people just drive after the teachers. But in other areas, whether it be private sector or, or whatnot, if there's a failing outcome, um, the, the, the focus needs, it goes on leadership. 
And so as we look at our school system, right. about, you know, certainly at the federal level, but the state, so we have the governor and the legislature and then the state board and then there's the county board and obviously administrators as well and teachers. So um, being, being that the county board has a leadership role in there, and again, as you mentioned, there's certain stipulations and rules and regulations that come down from the feds and the state that, that we would have to work with them, but what can we do at the county level to improve our outcomes? I think the answer is a lot of it's already being done. Um, I've been involved, and, and there's not, there's not that we can't do more, sure. but what you really have to look at is reality of how are students performing, one, inside the classroom, two, we have to always uh, answer to those assessments that we have to do every year. So we're looking at scores and identifying the gap. And then three, how are our students performing in real life? One of the things that I feel Taylor County has really um, in the past struggled with are those scores, are those test scores. Um, you just go in, you do some intervention. Um, there are times that a board should direct and there are times that a board should collaborate. In the past, my style has been to collaborate. And when you're looking at success for test scores, we, I have done that. I mean, you can look in the last two years, three years, um, one of the biggest things in Taylor County when we're looking at test scores is math. That, that's, been, that's been the hot topic our math scores. Now, what I just said a little bit ago was, look at how everybody's performing, not just with the scores, but also how are they performing across the board. And I did that at that time. And of course, I had a, kids that were involved in that. And yeah, math was an issue. <laughs> um, because even in real life, math was an issue. So it wasn't just like a false um, thing that we were seeing in the scores. Math was an issue. So when you're looking at the collaboration that I helped at that point with, with the board members, since this wasn't I, we worked as a team, we, we brought in people from all the different schools and we tried looking at what type of curriculum can we have from, you know, elementary school, clear up through high school, that is like a, that, that it's a continuous process and were there any breaks and we looked at that. Were there any um, gaps and breaks that maybe they weren't flowing the right way? You know, you can direct that or you can collaborate. And I feel that two to three years ago, um, my efforts with the rest of the board members, as well as the superintendent at the time, and all of the teachers throughout the county, um, we needed to get a handle on that. And we did get a handle on that. And I come to understand by looking at the test scores, the scores for math, they are increasing. Um, so I feel that um, my time on the board at that point, we were successful. We're turning it around with not just the board. It wasn't just the board's effort. It was a collaboration of the whole county, um, with including the board as maybe, maybe a leader, right? We were leading them, we were collaborating. And I think we've made great strides and we, we need to continue to do that. And um, I want to be involved in that again, so I'm hoping to be. Great. All right. Um, 
Workforce readiness is something that's, that's talked about a lot, and it does seem the tide has turned somewhere. People are more recognizing that there's vocational schools right. and, and trade schools and things right. where folks are, are able to be employed, you know, Absolutely. With, with, with that. Um, what is it What is it that you see that we're doing, or maybe what as a board member would be uh, something you'd like to see us do okay. uh, in that area? Right. College isn't for everyone, right? Um, it just isn't. Some want to go to college, and some would like to have, go to trade school, someone like, you know, we have to have people that are going to, um, and I learned this really quick, uh, and I, really quick being on the board. Um, you know, you push education, you're on the board of education, you should push education, push education, but education isn't always college. It, it's trade schools, there's other things that students are more interested in to be able to provide for themselves. One of the things I feel when you're looking at what other opportunities can we provide our students that will allow them to be successful in their life um, working with uh, people in the community. Uh, I, internships, um, matching, my, my daughter uh, has had the opportunity a couple times to work with um, our prosecuting attorney. She's thinking about law school. How can we get those matches? How can we have mentors coming into our, our schools for our students? Um, and those are people that can step up in our community, that want to step up, that want to mentor, that want to help students. Um, and I think if we can do more of that, then we can start seeing students step out of high school and going the route and the path that, that, is, that they want to go in. Instead of really searching, the, now what do I do? A lot of the students come out of high school and they're like, where do I go? But if we can have those mentors early on, then we can start guiding and the students can start picking their paths and their careers more often, yeah, or great. quicker, quicker. Yeah. You know, so, so we've got lots of challenges for, for the, the, the kids in our school system for various things, whether it be their home life or right. anything else. But one of those things is just health. And, um, you know, there was an in-school, there were in-school clinics. Those are now been pulled out. And, you know, if they, I don't know what you, what you know or don't know about that, you know, if it's funding related. Um, I'd like for you to, to kind of explain, if you can, what, your, what, you, what you think about how having in-school clinics in, in the school as opposed to, to what we've had previous before that, but, you know, and, and what maybe has happened recently. Maybe you've had some experience. Well, I was on the board that approved oh, okay. the in-school clinics, okay. and I was very disappointed to see that they were, um, I actually <laughs> was going to have my two, my two kids that are in school, my school-age kids, I was going to have their flu shots done this year at the in-school clinic, and I had a nurse say, we're not going to be doing that anymore. So it was like, I was a little disappointed in that. Um, I feel that school health is important and um, our nurses are important. They can identify some health issues a lot quicker um, if they're there. Um, bringing um, the opportunity to have some of the, um, like flu shots for example. Um, one, if parents have to take their kids out of school every day, to, or not every day, but how often they need to take their kids to the doctor just for well visits for a flu shot, um, things like that. Those are opportunities that they're missing for learning. So if we can collaborate, I'm not sure what happened there in the last two years of why we um, have pulled those clinics out, and I will have to find, you know, do a little bit more research on that. But you have to look at tying that to learning. I struggle as a parent every day trying to find times to get my kids to the doctor just for those flu shots, just for the, um, you know, they doesn't feel very well today, let's go see what's going on. 
and they miss they miss good educational time. Um, so you've got to look at that's there's they're tied together. So if there's a way that we can provide those services, it's going to help our community and it's going to help in the long run. We're looking at you just asked me how many questions on success of our students. If you're taking kids out of school, then you know there's going to be an impact if they're having to leave, you know, frequently. Yes. So we probably do need to look at how we can work with the community in that. What about non-typical learners, special needs kids, mm -hmm. folks that, that need um, you know a different a different method and a, you know a more uh, more attention in that way? Um, what's what do you think is the right strategy for us there? What have you what have you seen previously or, or think that maybe where we could use some improvement in our system to address non-typical learners? Everybody learns in a different manner, and I know that every teacher understands that. Um, it should be a again an effort a combined effort between the families and the schools the families need to be involved in identifying ways that their children are comfortable in learning um, there are so many things that can um, get in the way of learning there are so many things that can inhibit learning um, we have to identify all the different manners of what will make a child comfortable how are they going to take in information? How can we provide that? Is it technology? Children learn from technology. Is that the way certain students or group of students, or is it verbal? Does a child need a teacher to sit down with them and actually spend time in, it, in, in doing some explanation? What are some things that we can do to identify what are all the different pieces that we can put together that makes the whole class successful. So we have we know kids are different, adults are different. I, I, I go to work every day and I need different things than my coworkers. So we can't expect anything different from our children, right? We can't. So. What about bullying? Um, oh yeah. You know what? That that's a, that was a hot topic. Tons of people want to talk about bullying, and and it wasn't that I get bullying's everywhere. Um, but but what strategies have you seen work either here? Or elsewhere that, that we maybe we don't want to apply here, that that creates this this culture of achievement and cooperation um, it, for, for confidence as opposed to coercion. That, that, that bullying is it's something that I feel that we're going to always have to continuously work on. You have to have eyes and ears in the classroom, and again, when I said earlier, you have to listen to your kids. You have to listen to your kids. It's something that. If we don't get a handle on, um, can really, it, it's it, it's it, it's just going to balloon, right? It's just going to continue, um, and it's a behavior. It's an it's a learned behavior, um, and it's going. And if we don't change that learned behavior early, then it, it'll just continue. Some of the things that I feel, um, we had at one point we had a um, anonymous like tip type of thing that we could that the principals could come in in the mornings. Um, either a parent or a, a student could write an anonymous tip, this happened, this is happening, and then we could go on and um, the, the principal or the teachers could go out and then start looking into that situation. Um, counselors, we need to be able to have the counselors there. And one is making your, your, your children and the students in the schools comfortable enough that they feel that they can go and they can tell either a teacher, a principal, or a counselor, what is going on. You have to have their services there. 
So if you have the services there and you also are able to make the, the, um, the, the kids comfortable enough to go s to, to make sure that they're using those services is very important. Um, but also educating, um, having those assemblies, making it, the students understand that you, you educate them that, this, that there's certain behaviors that are not tolerated and are not going to be tolerated in the schools. I would not tolerate that in the schools because it could lead to, you know, some situations that we wouldn't want to have in, um, with our student population. So you have to have, you have to have the services, you have to have the education, um, and you have to make sure that the students know where those, where those services are. Yeah. Well, we are on the downslope. We're almost done here. Well, got the, got a question for you, and this is uh, of all the questions we asked, we did ask for folks to bring us a lighthearted question, and this is the one I chose. I love it. Um, for what do you hold the most gratitude? For what do I hold the most gratitude? I would say the life that I have been able um, to lead, which isn't always something that I'm responsible for. I think a lot of it's luck for one, luck that I've been brought to Taylor County, and then I've had a wonderful life um, here with my family. Um, so I guess I'm grateful that it, I had the, I've had the opportunity to live all of these years that I've lived in Taylor County and the people that are here. Um, so I think the gratitude for me comes from um, gr that I'm grateful that I'm able to spend every day, not just in Grafton, but in West Virginia. Um, and, to me, I wouldn't really want to live anywhere else but here. Awesome. Well, Melissa, this is the opportunity where at the end of the program we always offer the candidate uh, the last word. So what is it you'd like to tell the people of Taylor County? Well, one, I'm a hard worker. Uh, I have proven that I have been a hard worker for the residents of, the, of Taylor County for 12 years as a member of the Board of Education. For the last two years, I have not served on the Board of Education, and I can tell you that I have thoroughly missed serving the residents of this county. I would really ask for your vote. I know the last 12 years um, that I did spend on the Board of Education, that I was um, lucky enough to be elected. I ran on being your voice for this county on, that board, on the Board of Education. I would say that I would do the same as being your voice, but this time um, I want you to look back on my history as I served on the Board of Education, I was not only your voice, but I was also um, a place for you to come. I listened to everyone in this county, and I will promise you that I will do the same. I will listen, I will work hard, and I will be your voice. And that's what I would like for you to remember when you go to the polls in May, um, is to vote for Melissa Knotts. Melissa D. Knotts, Board of Education. Thanks for coming on the program and good luck. Thank you very much.